The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Thank you for listening to Spin, the Rally Pod, brought to you by Dirtfish Rally School. For your chance to experience life behind the wheel of a rally car, head to drive.dirtfish.com to find the course that's right for you. What are you waiting for? We're right here waiting for you. Hello and welcome to Spin the Rally Pod, Dirtfish's weekly rallying podcast. I am your host, Luke Barry, but actually I'm the only member of Team Dirtfish here for what is a bonus episode of the podcast. And it's quite fitting that as we reach the milestone of episode 200, we welcome along a very special guest. None other than 2023 Junior World Rally Champion, William Crichton. After three years in the championship, Crichton finally got the job done this year in the most dramatic of fashions, so we've got him along to talk about it. Over the course of the next hour, the Irishman walks us through his early karting career, racing the likes of Lando Norris no less, and then his step into rallying right the way through to his WRC exploits and the emotions of becoming a world champion. Having known William for a good number of years, it's impressive to see the driver he has evolved into today, and he speaks openly and candidly about his career, even though he still owes me an ice cream, but more on that later. For now, I hope you enjoy our conversation, and don't forget to subscribe to Spin the Rally Pod on your chosen podcast provider to be the very first to hear every new episode as soon as it lands. Now, I'm delighted to say that joining me today is the freshest world champion in the world of rallying, Mr. William Crichton. Will, thank you so much for your time. I know you're a bit of a man in demand nowadays. It comes with the trade, I guess, with winning a junior world title, but how are you? I'm good, thanks. Um, no, it's it's good problems to have, um, chatting to everyone, and, you know, it's nice memories that we have from, from last week, so, um, no, it's, uh, it's good to chat about it. You sound depressingly normal to me. I was hoping you'd still be on cloud nine and away with the fairies and potentially still intoxicated on some things that help you have fun. I don't know. You've probably done a lot of that in the last week. Maybe we can't share that on air. But <laughs> have you come back down to earth yet or are you still just not taking in what you managed to achieve? No, there's definitely still that uh, that that good feeling. And, um, you know, it. I suppose we've had a week now to let it sink in. So... Um, you know, I think it's it's easier to talk about it now, and you can really reflect on it. Um, reflect on the whole year that we've had now. That, you know, a little bit of time to think about it and what we've achieved, and, um, you know how much it's me it means to everybody. So, uh, no, it, it, I'm definitely gonna uh, I'm gonna dine out and on this for a, for a while yet. I think I can milk it a little bit longer. <laughs> are you a podcast professional yet and that's not to suggest that you weren't but i have it on good authority that after me you have somebody else to talk to as well i've seen you on other ones immediately after the championship so you are a busy busy man at the minute no time for anything else but media yeah but uh as long as everybody says good things and writes good things i've i've no problem um which i know you always <laughs> do um <laughs> but uh like, like i said you know a week to think about it i think actually you know it helps and um 
you know, it sort of helps me get my thoughts and, and you know, I think I think it's a bit more interesting talking now after there's been a little bit of time to, to reflect on, on the week. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Now, listeners, what we do intend to do with this is kind of go through Will's rallying journey as well as just this season because I think it's always nice to learn where the junior world champion has come from and how they've they've reached this point but if we can Will I want to just reflect on this past week since winning the championship on Sunday if we can because I imagine it's been a massive whirlwind the first thing I remember seeing was on Monday morning last week an email from Motorsport Ireland saying that there was going to be a bit of a homecoming for you at, at Dublin airport did you know that was happening or did you come out of arrivals and just surprised everybody that was there. Uh, Sean McHugh, the the uh, Motorsport Ireland uh, Academy coordinator and Billy Coleman Award coordinator, he he sent me a text to say, you know, what time do I get in and what doors will I be coming out after I get my bags? And I thought this is a bit weird. And then I saw <laughs> uh, I saw on Twitter that they were organising a bit of a homecoming. So, um, you know, obviously not everybody who's involved in the journey was able to be in you know at the rally in Greece so you know that was the first opportunity that we could see a lot of the guys so um for the people that you know people made an effort to go there that had to drive you know hours down the road so um that was nice of them and uh yeah to to not just get your bags and, and walk straight to the car and head home like we do after every other rally it was it was pretty cool to get a few photos and um you know show the trophies and, and things to everybody so uh yeah that was pretty special it's a taste of superstardom, isn't it, I guess, for, for those few hours you were an A-star celebrity? <laughs> yeah, well, there was definitely no red carpet, but um, <laughs> it, uh, okay, it, it, felt, it felt pretty cool. And, um, you know, for such a busy week, so much had gone on. It was, it was a nice way to, to arrive back home. And then we, you know, we travelled back up the road home, um, me, Liam and Marcus in the car, and we were chatting about what we were going to get up to that night and chill out. And uh, then we, <laughs> we turned a... Uh, Oh, I live in the countryside, turned up one of the back roads and saw these signs with our face on it, so, with the, the champions written on it. And um, then we drove into the yard and there was 40 or 50 people standing there cheering. So, uh, <laughs> you know, you have these, your mind always wonders and, you know, what it would be like if you were to win. And, you know, I think the furthest I got was, um, you know, celebrating at the end of the stage. I never thought of all these other things that have, happened as a result of it you know people wishing you congratulations getting invites to places and you know local uh, news channels coming to 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 record things it's um it's it is pretty cool well you know this is the thing isn't it because i think i can't pretend to know what it's like in your situation of course i can't but i can imagine it's very easy to forget that what you do means something to other people you're not just doing it for you or for liam or the team it has a a far wider reaching effect, I guess, which is hard to quantify when you're in this bubble of just trying to do your job. But you get home, the release is there, and then it's clear to see that this was a big deal to everyone. Yeah, it's huge. Um, you know, I, it, again, it sounds cliche, and I've said it so many times, but for us to compete in the World Championship, there's a huge team behind us. Uh, and, you know, there's so much more that goes into it than just turning up to these events, you know the not so glamorous side of it from trying to organize logistics, trying to organize budget to make it possible, watching onboards, um, you know, doing testing in my own car at home, doing mechanical training before we left on the car. Um, so we were well prepared if we get into any bother. Um, you know, and I don't I don't say that as if um it's not enjoyable. I'm very lucky to be what I've 
to do what I've done and compete in the JWRC the last three years. It's it's been the most you know fun um few years in motorsport that I've had. So, um, you know, it's just uh, there's there's a, there is a lot of effort that goes into it, and then to get a good result and reward everyone, that it makes it all the sweeter. Now beyond the celebrations. You obviously were at M Sport last week as well. Give us a bit of an idea of what you're up to there, because it was all go for you just a few days after you'd come home, wasn't it? You're back on a plane again. Yeah, um, I'd love to fib and say that I got invited over to to do a test in the Rally One car, but it wasn't quite like that. Um, <laughs> we, uh, I agreed. Uh, the guys were having a, a PR day with with Castrol, um, and they needed someone over to. To help the the guests um, do a bit of chasing in a in a Puma ST on their track, and then give them a hot lap in in the Ford GT. So um, I agreed, obviously, to do this before Greece, and I was thinking that I'll either be in in really good form or <laughs> <laughs> it'll not be so good. So thankfully, everyone will be asking why are rally drivers so grumpy. I thought they meant to be happy people. <laughs> well, thank- thankfully, it was um, it was a really enjoyable few days, and the guys got a. Uh, the Castrol guests got a, a spin round in the the Puma WRC car uh, in Greystoke Forest after, and, and Matt Wilson was kind enough to uh, give me a run and uh, organised by Rich. So that was that was pretty special as well. So, um, yeah, I was tired that week, but to be honest, uh, running on adrenaline, and uh, they were a really few enjoyable days. So um, I was happy to go over. What was it like to sit in the Rally 1 car? It's an obvious question to ask you, and I guess one day you're hoping you're going to be on the, the other side of the seat as well. But was that your first taste of such machinery, first of all? I've made that assumption, but it might not be. I don't know. Yeah, I've never I've never been in a in a WRC car before. Uh, I don't think. Definitely not driven in anger, anyway. Um, I think an R5 is probably the fastest rally car that I've been in and to be honest I was only in an R5 in a rally 4 car there in, in the passenger seat not that long ago for a pre-event test before the Donegal rally and that <laughs> that reminded me how fast you know even the rally 4 car is now and it's a different sensation when you're sitting in the passenger seat you know got no wheel to hold on to and you know you're not you know you don't have any input into what the car is doing so it's a completely different sensation of speed and something that I I can't say that I really enjoy, but whenever I get into the the Rally One car, it was I, I was nervous before getting in. Um, and Seb Scott will confirm that. But once I get in, okay, the those cars are so fast, and you know they take off like a scalded cat. But whenever you know you see that the car is doing exactly what the driver does, and it's so stable at high speed, it I very quickly became not nervous, and I just. It was it was an unbelievable experience. It was really enjoyable, and it whilst the cars seem so spectacular and and crazy from the outside, whenever you're actually sitting in them, it felt it felt very relaxed. Yeah. Now speaking of crazy, I guess if we take you all the way back to being a, a young William in Northern Ireland, growing up on the farm and everything, to be a junior world champion must have felt so far off. I don't know if it's something you ever ever really contemplated or thought might happen but can you just give us all an idea of I guess where the love of motorsport started for you again apologies it is a cliche question but it wasn't rallying immediately for you was it It was carts first is that right yeah it was go-karts I competed at um, a track local to me Nuts Corner Circuit um, 
I was brought in to that by just for a bit of fun and uh, the Eastwood family um, looked after me up there and uh, yeah it just started I can't remember exactly what it was but um, a day after school you know we went up and it was to with the idea of getting into a bit of go-karting and, and my dad actually brought my sister up the same day and I'll never forget it that there was the first corner quite a fast right-hander and my sister, I think, was taking an extra 10 mile an hour at the apex of the corner and so much that she ended up in the kitty litter on the outside. And my dad always says that she was doing the same speed through the, the gravel than I was on the actual track. So he thought that she was the one <laughs> that uh, deserved a bit of backing to begin with. Um, uh, so, yeah, it, it started with just going to Nuts Corner to compete in the carts. And one thing led to another that we um, we won the Northern Irish Karting Championship. Uh then started to do a bit of carting in the in the south as well, and then obviously over to the Super One, the the British Championship, which was, you know, still is really competitive, and you know some drivers that were there at that time are now even in F one. So, um, I think that's where I learned, you know, the basic skills to go racing. Who was around at that time then? I'm trying to think. You're a similar age to me, aren't you? So. In, was it what George Russell this sort of lot or who who was around at that time? George Russell would have been slightly ahead of me, I think, at that stage. But he, the one I do remember was Lando Norris, um, and competed against him in either I don't think it was cadets, it was either mini max or junior max, and um, yeah. And you beat him, obviously. Well, I actually remembered. I think he was on a pole at one of the races, and I was on second, and it was in the wet. And I was always quite heavy in the cart, so whenever it went, that worked to my advantage. Um, and uh, so we were side by side, and obviously just, I don't think I'd ever been that far uh, up after quali, and nerves got the better off me, and I went for this outrageous lunge uh, into a hairpin, and <laughs> I passed him. So you could say I was leading for a split second, but then I never made the apex of the corner, I was straight off into the grass. Ah, okay. Um, it was short-lived. <laughs> this is the reason he was competing in Singapore in F1 and you started rally driving, is that correct? Yeah, I think you can read between the lines. <laughs> but in all seriousness, again, it is a, an obvious question to, to put to you, but at what point did rallying become the focus? Why or how did that change come about? Was it something you'd always thought of or did you kind of, were you forced into it? Where, where was that thinking and how did you end up behind the wheel of a rally car instead? I wouldn't say forced into it, but it was probably because my dad had always competed in rally and, and, you know, he probably felt more at home at that side of things. And, you know, it's so competitive as well in the, um, in the karting, you know, all the guys there are essentially aiming to go to F1, you know, that's, that's the pathway. Um, and I suppose it wasn't as if we wanted to go into rallying because we wanted to get to the WRC. I think it just, it was just quite natural because that's where my dad felt quite at home and, you know, whenever the the junior 1000 car landed i was absolutely delighted you know i just wanted to to drive anything and you know this sounded like a great idea to to start junior rally i was going to say tell us about that junior 1000 scheme for those that aren't aware in the uk and ireland it's quite a big thing and it's a great way as you say to get into rallying at a very young age because obviously they're they're single venue airfield stuff not necessarily always proper stages although you can get certain events but just to be competing as a teenager, not having to wait until you're 17 until your license is amazing. And I guess you'd have to credit a lot of the, your success now to your time spent there at the beginning. For sure. It, whenever I started, it was all really single venue stuff and 
did some over in Cames in Scotland and um, you know, a few races in England as well and then some things back home. So it you know, it was that that's where I started rallying and that's where I learnt the you know, the skills of you know, we were able to use pace notes at the same time and some of them were maps, but you know, it gave you a great insight at such a young age into what rallying's all about. Um and and now, you know, the guys in the Irish Forestry Championship, there's like twenty five cars, um, in the junior one thousand class and those guys are doing guys and girls are doing the exact same rally that, you know, the person with number one on their door is doing in an R five car. So it um that the opportunity there now is is really good and you know it, it's clear to see with so many competitors on it. Yeah. How good were you back then? It might seem like a weird question, but we you think you're at the level where you always quick. And you can be honest now. You can be humble now. Your fears down the line. <laughs> I think there was always some natural ability, um, you know, to get into the car and and drive fast. And you know, some of the pictures from whenever I had a, a Ford car that Dad brought home from work that was going to the scrapyard. And um, one year, whenever the the yard froze over, you know, it was straight out to try and slide it from. Uh, one end of the shed to the other without hitting the wall on the way past. So there was always a, a natural ability to be able to drive. But you know, obviously, it's a completely different level whenever I started. And you know, I've I'd like to say I've been determined to try and work at it, especially the latter years whenever it's got a lot more serious. But yeah, I think there's there's definitely some natural ability that's required there at the beginning. Now tell us about twenty fifteen. I imagine quite an important year for you. But you step out of juniors don't you as a champion and you end up in was it initially a fiesta r2 i always remember you as the the little 208 driver because that's when i first came across you but it was fiesta first is that right you're gonna have to help me that is one thing that uh i'm not good <laughs> at so uh i i might not get it 100 percent, but yeah we we stepped out of the the juniors um and then there may have been yeah there was one or two rallies in a in a fiesta 1600 and but but very quickly we then moved into the Peugeot two eight R two, um, you know once we realised that there was some debate you know after we left juniors would we go into the R one class, uh or go to straight to R two so we did a couple of rallies in the Fiesta and you know we were clear that R two was the way forward and, um, yeah then we quickly got the Peugeot, R two and we were in that for for quite a few years and you know such a good little car and had so much fun in it did a lot of rallying in. In Ireland, the Irish Tarmac Rally Championship, um, which as everyone knows, has some massive rallies in it. So, you know, I was I was really lucky to have that pathway from competing in carts at, you know, quite a high level in the Super One Championship in the UK to then going straight into rallying, competing in loads of Junior One Thousand events, you know, all around Ireland and the UK, and then essentially to jump straight into an R two car, which. You know, it's not it's not cheap. So um, and and to do the Irish Tarmac Championship, you know, international rallies, I was, you could say I did it right, but you know, it 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 cost um, you know, it's expensive to do that, and I was lucky that I had that opportunity, and you know, again, there wasn't a particular goal, um, that we had targeted, but you know, we were always about trying to go as fast as we could, and some days too fast, but um. You know, that was that was a good start. <laughs> I was going to say, and you've kind of almost preempted where I was going to go with my next question in a roundabout way, but at this stage, you're obviously still very young. You're living the dream, effectively. You're driving a rally car. You're having a great time. You're achieving good results. Is there 
any part of you that starts looking ahead? Or is it literally just living the moment, next rally is your next focus and that's it? Are you targeting anything? Are you planning anything for the future? Or as I say, is it just all about the there and now? No, I think, uh, okay, it was maybe never talked about, but in my own head, you know, whenever you're competing in carts, you know, you want to be an F1 driver. Um, so many people in karting now, especially in the at that level in, in the British Championship, that, you know, that's that's what they're all aiming for and it'll be in the back of their head whether they said or not. So once we left karts, then we got into rallying, then it was, okay, I want to be in the WRC, but, um, you know, that's, that's all well and good in the back of your head, but, you know, it's... <laughs> it's another thing saying it. Now, the British Championship, I guess, was quite a big part of your rallying story, particularly towards the end of the last decade. Now, I remember you as, I think it was the Pirelli International I was watching um, in 2017. And I actually think it was your dad that was next to me. But at this point, I hadn't, I didn't know anything about the family or, or know anybody. I actually don't know your dad too well now, to be fair. <laughs> I'm quite bad at that sort of stuff. But I remember just you being this really exciting kid that had come along and you were kind of rocking the boat a little bit because there weren't that many people over in the UK that knew much about William Crichton. But you certainly made an impression. I'm pretty sure on your your first event you were second. You're definitely on the podium. And in the Pirelli when I was out watching, I'm not saying it's down to me, but I'm going to claim the credit because uh, you, you knew I was going to be a future journalist to write about it, you see, so you're inspired to win. I can tell. You don't have to tell me it's true. I know it is. Um, but it was it was a made in British Championship victory for you, wasn't it? So that how big a sort of part did the British Championship, I guess, play in your career? I know you maybe had more years after than was maybe ideal, but to start with at this point, breaking onto it, you made a big impression. Yeah, it, I think that was you know it still is a great championship. Okay, the numbers aren't aren't great you know now, but regardless of the numbers there's always good competition and the years that I did it um with the junior BRC there was there was good depth and you know there was always good competition and um it was you know when we went there it was that was a that was a big step for us uh and you know I would say when we were we competed a year in the BRC we would look back and said geez never in a year you know never did we think we would do a full year competition in, in the British Rally Championship so there was no doubt about it that that was that was a big step um and then to go and actually be you know competitive uh, i think in 2017 that was the year we raced Callum Devine and you know it was arguably the the year that we missed like we just really did just miss out um it came down to the, the Isle of Man um and it was neck and neck and Oscar Solberg i think was in that race as well so uh, you know to how how quickly we could have moved on if we won in, in that year, whereas we had to stick out another few years, it it went against us and then eventually we got it. But that was you know, that was an important championship for us and you know it's it's highly recognised um you know in the world of rallying. So to have that against your name is is pretty sweet. Yeah. You're right though, you did also come the the nearly man for a few years. You were always somehow despite how good you clearly were, you always kept somehow coming second. And it, it became one of those things that was like, will we ever get the job done? Um, I remember, was it Josh McAlade, obviously a fellow Motorsport Island Rally Academy member of yours, got the championship in 19, and he's a couple of years younger than you. So it might be a strange thing to ask, but is that frustrating in that situation when you've got somebody coming up and you know you're good enough to win, but you're not quite getting it across the line? And if so, what does that sort of looking maybe with the benefit of hindsight what do you learn from that experience of 
coming so close to a championship title but not quite getting it done. Yeah, it's, I suppose, looking back on it, you know, it was hard work sticking at it for, you know, say one or two years longer than we would have hoped to try and to try and win that. Uh, but, you know, to have that now and have it to my name, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take that away and I, I don't regret it. Uh, and, you know, those, it wasn't that we were just staying there to try and win the championship, but along with that, you know, I improved a lot as well. Um, you know, to do uh, any year in the BRC, never mind three, I think I, I did that, you know, what I've learned from that, you know, doing your own recce, writing your own pace notes. Um, it's all part of, you know, development as a driver and as a crew. And, you know, I had Liam alongside me for for all of that. So, uh, you know, we've been, we've done plenty of rallies and we've been around lots of corners and made loads of mistakes <laughs> and all that has been part of just trying to, to learn and improve. And, um, yeah, it's mad looking back on it now, you know, everything that we have done, but it's, you know, it, our, our, our path has been quite smart, I think. And, you know, I don't think we've really wasted any time and we've tried to progress as soon as we can. And, you know, it, it takes time to be competitive in all these championships. Yeah. The only bone I've got to pick with all of this is, I don't know if you remember it, but I keep bringing it up and I actually can't remember the context, but it was the, the 2020 Cambrian rally. And for some reason, there was some kind of deal where you owed me an ice cream and you still haven't bought me that ice cream. So I am waiting. And you're a world champion now, so I, I'm going to say that you can afford it. So I'm waiting, Well, I'll, I'll take a 99 flake. I'm easily pleased. If we can talk <laughs> M-Sport uh, into um, providing an ice, a free ice cream for winning the championship, then we can definitely make that happen. Free? You can't even afford a couple quid, no? <laughs> we, have, um, we, we have got really good ice creams in our, in our shop in Belfast, so we'll have to get you over. And There we go, plugging plug in it already. <laughs> very good very slick actually very impressive but just just for context as well because i don't actually think we've, we've placed it on record here you did end up winning the the junior british title in 2021 but i guess the big thing that year for you is you finally made that step into the world championship and i say finally maybe that's not quite the right word to use but at that point you're doing a dual campaign because the fiesta rally four you were using was eligible for both championships so just and well, it was Croatia, I think, wasn't it, the first event? Give us an idea of just how eye-opening that was to head into the World Championship and up against the best junior drivers in the world on a rally you'd never done. You weren't that familiar with rallying on the continent. It was all just new for you, wasn't it? Yeah, it was completely new. And, you know, to, it doesn't seem like that long ago. It wasn't that long ago. Um, you know, nervous, uh, wanted to do well. So... I think one thing that did work in our favour is that I knew how competitive it was going to be and how difficult it was going to be. And I knew that we wouldn't be, you know, that it was going to be unlikely that we could fight at the top. And I think that, I think that was important. And that actually helped a lot because, you know, I would have went testing quite a lot in the run up to starting the JWRC with um, DGM and Johnny and, and Davy Greer would have, would have came and, you know, it was all about getting into the car at the start of the test and just driving flat out and not taking the whole day at the test to build up to that speed. So I think having having a reality check and knowing how difficult it was going to be um, made me work harder and try to drive as fast as I could so that whenever we got to the championship, we maybe just weren't as far off as possibly we would have thought. So I think in Croatia, you know, come the end of the rally, it was going into the power stage that... 
uh, Sammy was was going for the stage win, and he was only maybe a couple of seconds behind us in the overall result uh, because he had had problems during the the rally, and we we wanted to try and keep the position. Obviously, we didn't think it was going to happen when we, you know, when we had seen how quick Sammy was and had been all weekend, and we were able to to hold the position and. I can't remember exactly whether we went faster than him or we just uh we we set a close enough time that he didn't overtake us but you know I think from the first event you know okay it was only one stage but we showed that we can we can have a bit of pace when it was required. I'm just going to add some context in there as well Sammy obviously being Sammy Payari who became champion that year didn't he and is obviously in WRC2 at the minute but in terms of that first year and I'm going to go to the end of it now I guess first of all did you have a plan to do more than one year? And secondly, were you happy with how that first year went, considering your, I guess, inexperience at that level prior to heading into it? Yeah, I think there was a plan that, you know, if you're going to do the JWRC, it needs to be, you know, it needs to be a multi-year project. Uh, You know, okay, we see it with some drivers that come in and are competitive in their first year. And for me, that's really, really impressive because the rallies are so difficult and, if you're just jumping straight to that level to get it right and be consistently fast and make no mistakes over such long rallies, you know, that is really, really impressive. But um, I, I I would say, to be honest, no, I probably wasn't as happy as I would have wanted to have been. And that's just because, you know, we're all drivers, they're competitive and they want to win. And, um, you know, I think we won, we won, we, we, we were quite quick in Ypres and I was happy with that because, I'd been had experience of the rallies. Uh, we set a load of sta- fastest stage times. We were racing John Armstrong. Um, okay, we had a problem with a car at the start of the rally that we had to stop and um, you know put us out of contention for trying to win the event. But after that, we we drove flat out all weekend and no mistakes and uh, we were competitive with the quickest drivers in the class. So that was, you know, that that showed that it's possible with having the experience of the rallies that we can that we can be fast. So. You know that kept us motivated, and and I suppose was part of realizing why should we why why we should stick at the championship and come back for another year. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that actually, but you're right to to raise that. And as you say, it's one of those events you had done before, so to prove that when you were on a more of a a level playing field, I guess with with everybody else that you could be quick was was key. But again, apologies, I'm reaching for the cliche box again and going for a, a very obvious and standard question, but. What would you say is the biggest difference from competing back home in, in Ireland or the UK to driving in the WRC? Because, yes, you're, the goal is the same. You want to win. You're, you're rallying. There are stages. But apart from that, there are quite a few differences, aren't there? I guess it's, you know, it, it's the, the length of the rallies, the length of the stages. You know, you recce for two flat-out days and the detail that you have to go into with the onboards and you know it, it's not taking anything away from rallying back home you know some of the top guys back home are going into that detail and you, you know it it shows and that's why they win but um you know particularly the likes of Callum who's competed in the WRC that then has come back home and you know won the Irish Tarmac Championship this year so it it shows but I suppose just the professionalism and the level of detail um that you have to go into in the WRC that you know it'll it sticks with you forever and you know I think if you just go to do any other rally then you prepare the same way that you would prepare for for any rally in the WRC and you know 
that shows. All rallying, one source. By now, you know that dirtfish.com is the place to go for all of your rallying news. But when it's time to try your hand behind the wheel, just join us here at Dirtfish Rally School, nestled in the Cascade Mountains in Snoqualmie, Washington. Whether you're a pro seeking extra seat time or a novice looking to get started, we've got programs tailored to all rallying needs. And when you wanna watch the best in the world, just head over to our YouTube channel. Our coverage of the WRC and American rallying is second to none. Follow us at Dirtfish Rally across all social media platforms and shop the latest looks in our merchandise store now. As always, rally on. So 2022, last year, your second year in the juniors, and I guess the biggest change was the step into the four-wheel drive Fiesta Rally 3, which became the, the stock car, I guess, the car you had to use for the championship. Weirdly, and I remember actually calling you up for a feature on driving an R5 car years ago in my old job, and in a way it was a bit silly that I picked you, because you didn't actually have that much experience <laughs> driving four-wheel drive cars, but much everything you'd done was was front-wheel drive. So was that adaption difficult, or was it quite easy to jump from Rally 4 to, to Rally 3 last year? It wasn't ideal, because we had done, you know, we, we, did a, we did a year in the JWRC, obviously it was Rally 4 front-wheel drive, so we had experience of the car, experience of how it all worked, experience of the rallies. So then we wanted to use that going into the next year, but then obviously the car changes. So it, that that side of it wasn't ideal. But then once we stepped in and drove one of the Rally Three cars, you know, um, I'm pretty happy because you know driving a four wheel drive car. Once you've got the most out of the Rally Four car, to then have the added benefit of four-wheel drive it's it's a lot of fun and particularly on the gravel um although stepping from rally four to rally three you know it, okay yes it's four-wheel drive but you use a lot of the techniques that i learned in in the rally four car and that you know that comes through and you know i, I put down to being able to drive the rally three car fast is because i was able to drive the rally four car fast yeah last year obviously you got your first junior wrc podium i think you ended up with two of them throughout the year didn't you but that first one actually on the first event in the rally three car third place in sweden wasn't it so tell us a bit about that result and that breakthrough yeah great start to the year john won the rally that year with brian so what happened to john when he crashed there in the previous year um to come back then and win everybody was on a high and obviously for us to be on the podium with him as well was was special uh so yeah i'll remember that one um i suppose on on the other hand you know I can't remember the exact circumstances of that rally, but you know, particularly in in Greece last year, we got to the podium. You could say because you know other guys had problems and we capitalised from it, uh, and we were in the third position from early on in the rally, and it was just about maintaining that. So, to be honest, I don't think it was until um this year uh, that we were getting stage wins and getting podiums out of genuinely being fast. Um. Okay, it started to shine through at the end of last year, but um, yeah, it really, really came together this year. That's quite a, a key point, actually. And in some ways, it's difficult to quantify, I guess, your progression from last year to this because you were the only driver that competed last year that returned this year. So your benchmarks had completely changed. But how much of a better driver, I guess, do you think you were this year compared to last year? There's definitely a jump. Um, and I felt a lot more... You know, once we get into the start of this year, got Sweden out of the way, a lot more relaxed and, you know, 
good confidence that you know the speed was there when when we needed it to be um so yeah there, there definitely was a jump but you know i put it down to being in the championship for the two years before that and competing against john and sammy and robbie all those guys who you know you just you have to drive flat out or you get um you, know, you get left you get left behind uh because you know it's so competitive um so you're always trying to improve and you know since i started in the jwrc to now the you know the development has been massive uh, in all aspects and you mentioned john john armstrong briefly i'm just going to go back to that if i may as well because i have under good authority that there is still a whatsapp group with you Liam, John, and, and Brian Hoy, you did forge a bit of a foursome last year. It was very clear from the outside that you all got on and you supported each other. I guess just how how much does your relationship matter with John in the sense of how much has he been able to help you? And I guess last year, so having somebody with a bit more experience that could sort of help you if needed, how, how big a factor was that in your, in your growth to becoming champion? Yeah, big. John and I, we I knew of John don't know if John knew, knew of me, but, uh, you know, before we were friends and that first year competing in the JWRC is, you know, we knew of each other, but we weren't that close. And, you know, from the first rally, it, you know, we quickly, John, uh, Liam, Brian and myself, you know, we all developed a good relationship and it got stronger and throughout the year. And, um, you know, just naturally, if you're competing in the WRC and there's, there's locals there with you, you know, you're, <laughs> the Swedes all stay together, the Finns all stay together and the Paddies, we all stay together. So, um, yeah, it was, it was such good, good crack. And, you know, the, the stories and, uh, the memories that we have from those years, you know, they're, they're brilliant, brilliant rallies. And, um, we had a lot of fun and, you know, John was, was really helpful to me. He had, you know, he has quite a lot of experience at that level. Um, and he was very helpful whenever I was coming in and, a lot of stuff that I took on in that first year was, you know, was stuff that I had picked up from watching him or listening with how he was working with Brian. So, and, and Phil as well before that. Um, so it, yeah, it was good fun. Um, and you know, you saw how close John got to winning the JWRC and, you know, John is such a fast driver and, you know, just didn't have that bit of luck in the last rally. And, you know, Liam and I were lucky that we, we did have a bit of luck uh, and it, it fell for us, but, um, you know, it's uh, it's good memories. You use the word luck there, but behind closed doors in chats with John, have you been as gracious or have you maybe subtly wound him up that you got the job done and he didn't quite manage to? No, because, you know, um, John is such a such a fast driver and, um, you know, I'm sure it's difficult that for it to come so close, you know, I know how frustrated I would have been if we didn't win uh, you know the championship after you know having such a good lead and having such a strong year to then get to Greece and for it to fall apart so not that it fell apart for John it just it just didn't fall for him um so uh but look you know he's done a lot of rallies in the rally three now um with M Sport and you know had some serious good results that has uh, you know, allowed him to get a drive in, in the, R- the Rally 2 car and the ERC. So, you know, I hope for John that that, that keeps progressing. Yeah, no, I think it's a fair, very fair point to raise, actually. And a very good answer. You've shown yourself to be a good character there, Will, so well done. <laughs> Speaking of this year, though, I remember if we go back to Sweden, which was the first round, and 
a lot of the talk was about you being the clear and obvious favourite for the championship because, as we alluded to before, you were the only one who had done the championship before. Now, at the time, I seem to remember you weren't really interested in such talk, and I think one of your phrases might have been, well, it's not for me to decide what people say about me, which is completely fair. But I guess looking back now at the end of it, did you feel any added pressure or any sort of extra expectation upon yourself because of that I don't know how big an advantage it was, but I guess it is an advantage to have done it before. And then because you'd done two years, was there, were you putting more pressure on yourself for year three? You thought, right, I've got everything I need now. Now is when I have to grab it, if that makes sense. Yeah, there, there was definitely added pressure. Um, I suppose at the time you say there's not added pressure because then in your mind you don't build it up. But um, yeah, there, there's definitely pressure. It was, you know, if we didn't win this year in the JWRC, we, we probably, you know, we wouldn't have been... We, we we couldn't have afforded to do another you know a fourth year at it um so it was yeah it was our bust really um <laughs> and yeah that, that there's definitely pressure with that and you know even regardless of that the fact that you're the only driver returning you've experienced the events you worked with the team before i've done quite a few rallies in the rally three you know it um you know it, it was all pointing towards me I think it's fair to say you ended up having a, a massively up and down roller coaster emotion filled year as well. And I guess all those emotions in the one rally at the start in Sweden. There is a feature actually on dirtbridge.com, which I would thoroughly recommend you all go and check out if you get the chance. But just remind everybody, I guess, of the, the trials and tribulations that went through that event. Ended up in you winning by 0.6 of a second over Laurent Pellier, which is. It's, to be honest, oh, so incredible you couldn't really make it up if you tried, could you? No, it's it's mad. Uh, it's we had such good preparation for that event. I, you know, driving on the snow and ice is probably my you know my most favorite surface. It's so much fun whenever you get into the groove and you know you're using the snow banks to stay on the road and um, you know send the car sideways and carrying really good speed. It it's such a good feeling. Um, so. Yeah, we had we did a little rally um over there before we before we went into WRC Sweden and uh that set us up really well. And started well, you know, built up a good lead. The rally was pretty similar to the year before, so everything felt really comfortable and then yeah, it all it all fell apart. Uh we um yeah, the the pins in the bonnet didn't put them in uh after doing some work on the car and I was in there was snow. We were in a snowbank, and it broke off some of the lights in the previous stage. And I was down cleaning the grill out, and to work at the lights, I had to lift the bonnet. And uh, I think my mind was too busy worrying about getting this grill on, uh, because I knew the next stage there was a lot of stones. So I didn't want anything coming in and puncturing the radiator. So I was I was in trying to cable tie that, and yeah, I suppose in the heat of the moment, forgot to put the pins back in in the bonnet, and we didn't realize this until about. Uh, 150 meters into the next stage <laughs> and it uh, yeah blew up and, and smashed the screen well you know what they say about mistakes don't they if you make it once that's fine but you don't make it twice and i have a, again under good authority that you've become i guess maybe a double triple checker of your of your bonnet pins from now on yeah um checking the pins in the bonnet and checking the pins in the boot um i think i do about three laps of the car before i get in and put the belts on now but um yeah, we can look back on it now and, and laugh, I suppose. And uh, yeah, it was just a mad story to the rally. You know, Liam had to get out and 
um, essentially just smashed the bonnet down because obviously everything was bent. So he managed to get one pin in and we had the lights on the, the lamp pod on, on the bonnet of the car and I have no idea, but it, it, it was still working. It didn't break and um, the stage was dark. So we had we needed the lights and it, it happened at the first junction of like a 20k stage. So we basically had the whole stage to go with one pin in the bonnet and when the air was at high speed, when the air was catching in underneath the bonnet it was starting to twist it and I thought it was going to break the one pin and, and come back up again and it uh yeah and obviously with the with the windscreen completely smashed as well it was hard to see where you're going never mind anything else so I actually think on the splits after we got going again we were you know quickest or, or level with the rest of the guys um if you take out the time that we had stopped so uh it uh yeah it was it was pretty crazy <laughs> That's just nuts to me, though. And I guess that is the key difference between me and a professional athlete and a rally driver is you guys have this ability to just forget. Like, you're thinking all these things, but you're still driving your fastest. That was me. I'd be backing off just constantly thinking about it, getting annoyed at myself that it happened, and I'd struggle to block that out and just get on with the job. But you managed to do it. As you say, it was a very tense finale in the end. It did end up going your way. But I guess, with again, with the benefit of hindsight... How important was it for you to to get that? Because that was obviously at that time the first JWRC win of your of your career, wasn't it? So for you as as a confidence booster to to go into that event, win it, win it in such a, a sort of emotional fashion, and then I guess more than that, prove to yourself and to everybody just how fast you were. Did that make a difference think, for the rest of your season? Did it give you more confidence and belief that you could get this done? Yeah, well. I suppose in that last point, I think it, it also it surprises you, you know, what you can do whenever the pressure is up and the adrenaline's going. So, um, it, uh, yeah, it, it was pressure off. And also, I think, um, you know, to have such a lead in a rally, do something so stupid to leave the pit side and that effectively going to cost you uh, the win. You know, it would have been a difficult start to the year from all aspects. And, um, you know, would have been, you know, would have been hard on the motivation, I suppose, as well. So, to turn it around, um, it's kind of what we had to do. You know, <laughs> there wasn't really a choice, and um, we just had to do everything that we could to try and to try and win. Because while second would have been a good result, just with the circumstances, it it wouldn't have sat well. Um, with me anyway, and I'm sure the rest of the team. So, uh, to yeah, to turn it around and show, suppose show a lot of determination and you know um it proved a lot rather than just winning the rally it, it gave us a lot of confidence now it's not to demean the sort of events in the middle of the year but i'm going to quickly sort of skip through them a little bit with a bit of a roundup just because i'm conscious of time it's classic with these you always think you've got all the time in the world and i'm looking down how long it's been going on and time flies um but croatia i guess a very weird one for you this year um leading went off the road then ended up actually extending your championship lead because, unfortunately, for, for Laurent, and I have to say, it was utterly cruel luck for him this year. I feel really sorry for how this panned out, but it was a head gasket, I think, wasn't it? The engine ended up expiring on him. He tried so hard to get it to the end, but that ended up being your benefit. Sardinia, you came, you won, so that's two wins out of three. Estonia, not so great, um, but you still came into Greece with a championship lead. But just if you can sort of wind your head back a couple of weeks. And I remember we had a, a fairly long conversation actually before I was building a preview. A lot of it was essentially no use for what I was doing. I was just interested in, in where your 
your psyche was because it was a very difficult position for somebody to be in because you had I think it's fair to say proved yourself to be the quickest driver over the course of the year you had the most stage wins you had the most wins of anybody because you had two but that didn't mean anything essentially with the double points and offer in Greece it was essentially anybody could still win so in a weird way not the hard work wasn't for nothing I guess having that buffer definitely with the way Greece panned out came to your aid but it's a very strange space for a driver, isn't it? Because I think everybody was talking about you as the obvious guy to win, but nothing was guaranteed at all. No, like like you said, you know, we had a good year in the build up to that. We won two rallies, we led two rallies, and then and then crashed out of them. So, um, yeah, we we had a good points lead, but as you say, with the double points and then the unpredictability of of Greece in itself, uh, nothing was. You know, I knew, I knew, fine rightly that nothing was, you know, nothing, nothing was sorted, and that there was going to be a lot still to happen, and uh, we weren't disappointed. That's for sure. I remember you said to me actually, your key and essentially your only objective for the weekend was get through Friday with that super rally, and uh, <laughs> what ended up happening, Will? Yeah, it didn't last too long. Um, yeah, <laughs> it it started well. We. We won the first stage on Thursday evening. I did a bit of testing at home a couple of days before we left uh, on the tarmac with the gravel setup because I knew that Thursday night, super special, it was going to be a safer stage, you could say. You know, no big rocks or, or anything like that, although it's easy to mess those stages up. But uh, I wanted to win that one and, and start the rally with a stage win point. And... I'm going to interject there quickly because I think I said it to you at the time, but that was genius to me. And it might be something everybody does. I don't know. But that, to me, was so clever on your half. It's it's the finer details that make the difference. But do carry on. Just wanted to give you a, a bit of a compliment there, mate. Yeah, it. Um, I suppose it's only clever because it worked out and we we won the stage. But yeah, just you know, it's a different feeling driving the car uh, with the with the gravel tires and you know all the pitch. But it's also a it's also a good feeling. It's a lot of fun. But um, yeah, it, it it started really well. Got the stage win point, and then into Friday. It was just get through, forget about the times, let's just stay out of bother. Um, and yeah, in the second stage of the day, I started to notice some, uh, I actually thought it was smoke. I thought we were going to have a, a flat tire, but it was uh, steam, a pipe or some connection on the to the radiator had come loose or come off. And basically the radiator had, had emptied itself and, you know, pretty quickly. Um, yeah, it, it went from... It went from good to, yeah, awful, and we got, we just, it, it happened quite late on the stage, so we were really lucky that we got to the, the finish line, and as soon as we got to the stop line, stopped the car, and um, yeah, well, there was a tyre zone coming up, so we thought, okay, well, if at least we can try to get there, then we can look after the tyres, and the team can investigate the car and see if there's anything they can do, but um, even driving, you know, the last kilometre or two of the stage had done damage to um to put us out for that day so we had to retire the car in the hope that the team could fix the problem and we would have something then to compete with for the rest of the weekend because we knew if we kept working to try and keep the car going that you know too much damage would be done and we would have absolutely no chance so um you've you've undersold that though because you am i right saying you pushed that car from the end of the stage to the tire fitting zone like that is some effort in the heat 
<laughs> that weekend. Yeah, we okay. Uh, I'll not exaggerate. We we didn't push it the full way um, because I don't think I'd be here now if if we tried to do that, especially <laughs> the amount of spares that we had in the car. But um, yeah, we some of it was downhill, so we could push it, jump in, and and get it going. And then uh, we had to drive a little bit of it, and then we obviously able to get some water into the car and try and make a temporary fix that would get us to the tire zone. And uh, but yeah, any, anywhere that we could, we were freewheeling the car pushing it and then uh, yeah pushing it into the tire zone so yeah it, it wasn't nice you know to be honest after getting into the tire zone the guys did the best they could but you know they said we had to retire the car and you know we essentially had to walk out of the tire zone uh, on our own two legs whereas everybody was driving out to the next loop of stages so that was that wasn't nice and um you know at that stage we obviously thought that um you know it wasn't looking good how how bleak was it? Because we all know in the end that the M Sport Poland guys did. I think it's fair to say one of the the most remarkable repair jobs to get you back out for Saturday. But at that point in your head, was that it over? Did you see light at the end of the tunnel then? You know, everyone is obviously saying to you, you know, it's you never know when it's not over, and you know, I did did accept that, but it's also hard to get that into your head. Um, I I wouldn't say that I give up. No, I definitely didn't give up on um. I knew that there was still a chance, but let's say I thought there was an even less chance than the position we were in at the start of the year in Sweden, and that was pretty difficult. So, um, you know, I I did think that the chances of turning it around that we would could win uh, were extremely slim. But you know, we got into the car, headed back up the road to the accommodation, got stuck into the notes, and you know, we prepared like Sweden uh, and any other rally. We we got stuck back into it and uh, did everything normal and as we could um and even i suppose at that point it was difficult because we hadn't even heard from the team whether the car was sorted to go the next day and we're sitting at home doing the notes so yes it could have been for nothing couldn't it but i guess in a way does that if you hadn't been doing that i guess you'd just been lolling wouldn't you so i guess it would have focused your mind a bit to not think about anything else apart from the job that you should be doing yeah true you know and we have such a good team my family were out there um marcus from dgm John Coyne was out there from the Motorsport Iron Rally Academy, you know, um, everyone was, you know, times like that, everyone's around you in a bubble to, to do what they can, and there's only so much they can do, but, um, you know, from that point onwards, everything, I suppose you could say, started to fall into place, and she say, M Sport Poland did a great job, replaced everything that they could, got the car into Park Fermi, and, um, it, it went from there, that was, I suppose you could say that was the start of the rally then. So talk us through that mindset on Saturday because you'd started the event knowing that you had to be cautious because in essence you had something to lose. But I guess at this point you had nothing to lose, did you? You had everything to gain. So the stage times tell me you went on a bit of a push. Is that kind of how it was in the car as well? Yeah, we the pressure was off in a way. We just we could drive, you know, flat out. Um, but at the same time, you know, if something did happen to the other guys, we had to finish each day. So we couldn't we couldn't go completely crazy and just, you know, um be silly. We we could definitely drive fast, but we still had to if there was big rocks or anything that we could avoid we, we had to be mindful of. So we actually we stalled in the first stage out on, on a really muddy section on, on Saturday and we still we still won the stage. So um, you know, I think that sort of shows the the pace that we were going at. So um and obviously when we got to the end of the first stage on saturday we saw that lauren was in in baller and 
to be honest, we were that far ahead or that far behind that I, it didn't compute to me. I didn't automatically think, okay, they we're straight back in it now. I still thought that just because of how bad a Friday we had that um, in my own head, it, I hadn't figured it all out. So it was still just about trying to win the stages. Um, obviously, when I saw Lauren was going to be out for that day, I knew that we definitely couldn't afford to not get to the end of the day, but it was still about winning stages. So um, that's, you know, it's slightly, you could say a better situation to be in than having to drive slow and protect the car. Yeah, which I guess is what Diego out front had to do, wasn't it? But just to add a bit of context here, which is my fault for not saying this at the start, but for those that maybe aren't aware, there's a stage, sorry, there's a championship point for every stage one. So for Will to go through this Saturday and to win all these stages, it's essentially chipping down at his deficit that he's losing to to Diego in the championship. So that's why it's so important to go so quickly. Yes, obviously you can gain a couple of positions, but when you've lost like, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes having retired, then <laughs> gaining places is hard. But as you say, it was one of those things that I was finding it difficult to work out what was going on during the rally. I think Seb Scott, bless him, was finding it difficult to try and work out. He was being asked and couldn't work out the permutations either. But were there any calculations going on in your head or was it just, we need to keep going, keep winning and hopefully it'll look after itself? Liam and I, I think said in the car um, after the first stage obviously with Lauren stopping and you know we knew that okay it, it does change things but we said to each other right let's let's get to service let's try and win the next two stages get to service and then we'll get the guys to do a few calculations and at that point then starting to think about what do we need to do because it was really important to know that if we didn't have to win a stage that, that we knew that because if you go into Greece with the mentality to try and win the stage, it's very possible that you do damage or or just the risk of doing that is quite high. So anytime we didn't need to win a stage, it was just completely back off and, and try and get through with no issues. Obviously, it ended up being, I think the final gap was four points in the challenge. You can correct me. It's probably one of those numbers that you'll never forget. But <laughs> in a way, you don't. Well, I'll che- I'll I'll double check later for you, mate, and I'll let you know. I'll maybe you get tattooed or something so you don't forget. <laughs> but it was in a weird sense to me. This is my assumption, so by all means, correct me if I'm wrong. But quite a almost an anticlimactic way to end the season because you didn't actually get to do the final stage, did you? At this point, I think it was all but wrapped up. We just had to drive through the stage effectively um, to get the job done. But was that quite a strange feeling having all this sort of tension and all of a sudden that was it at the start line rather than getting through the stage yeah i suppose but at the same time you know it was and on the sundays in the wrc you know we had an hour and a half regroup um in the service area before we headed out to the last stage so you know it's it's hard sitting about that long when you know what's on the line so um to get psyched up and you know uh get warmed up and then head out get the helmets on and then for it to be delayed and then all my family and everyone was at the end of the stage. So, um, yeah, I suppose one way you could say that, but at the same time, after the week that we had had with the weather at the start of the rally, um, you know, the issue on Friday, all the twists and turns, I just didn't care <laughs> how it was going to happen as long <laughs> as we could get the job done. So, um, you know, it was it was a bit weird the way it, it ended up, but, you know, we turned the car, put the helmets in the boot and had a nice leisurely drive back to the service park to see everybody there. So, um, yeah, I didn't really care how it happened as long as as long as long we got the job done. Can you describe that moment when you 
you realise you've done it? Is it tears? Is it just uncontrollable laughter? Is it smiles? What is it? Or maybe not even, did you react at all? Was it almost one of these things that the mental drain of it all, it kind of takes a while for it to actually hit you? It was strange, you know, because when Liam said the stage was cancelled, we just sort of looked at each other and like, okay, well, we just put the helmets in the boot now? Or, or, and I suppose it was the rest of the guys in the championship that started to come up and congratulate us. And obviously Eamon and Connor were there. Um, you know, we were all lined up having the crack as you do before you go into the stage and it's a funny story that we were parked on this really steep hill and uh, I had just said that you know wouldn't it be bad if someone's handbrake let go right now uh, and then the next thing I heard this bang and I looked over and it was Diego's car had had rolled into mine so there's a bit of a panic on no. checking the, the radiator and he swears that it's not sabotage but um, <laughs> yeah I suppose straight away after it's just it's I suppose wasn't sure you know what to say for a while and you're just you're that happy and so happy for everyone that that is involved you know um and f my family out there as well so it uh, uh it's quite unbelievable and it's just it's a it's a good feeling now you obviously want a lot more from your rallying career of course you do but no matter where it goes now you will always be a world champion which just i don't know if it's just mental isn't it like for that sort of thing to happen and and I don't really mean it to sound strange, but it's a weird one for me as well, because I, I've known you for most of your career. I feel like we've sort of grown through rallying at a similar rate. You maybe you certainly a little bit here with the world title and all, but I don't know. It's like, to me, you're just still William, but now you're a world champion, if that makes sense. It's it's just quite bizarre to get your head around. It must, if that's me. So for you, I don't know. It's, it's just... I guess it's not the pinnacle of what you want to achieve, but as I say, no matter where it goes, nobody can take that from you then. Yeah, and I think the other side from it, from being in the middle of it, you know, you it's been such a long journey and you're always moving, you know, from the carts to the Junior 1000, then into the rally, you know, the, the BRC. It, it's all steps and, you know, when you get, when you get closer to the next step, then that becomes achievable. So I think it's it's hard to believe if you were stood right at the beginning and you were saying, okay, we're going to be junior WRC champion. But then, you know, when you start to win stages in the, JB, in the JWRC, then we won a couple of rallies, then we're in a good position in the championship. And, you know, it, it, when, you ha when that starts to happen, then the end goal starts to become achievable. So the closer you get to it, then, you know, I suppose in a way the less dramatic it is when you do it. But it's... Um, yeah, it, looking at it as a whole, it's it's such a good story, and you know, like I always say, for all the people that are involved with me, um, Motorsport, Motorsport Iron Rally Academy, you know, family, Liam, who's been there from from the start, it's, you know, they obviously get as much of a kick out of it as I do, and you know, it's rallying's a, a team sport, and a lot of people involved, so it's uh, it's just it's just so good for everybody involved and for us to get the job done to reward them and you know keep them motivated and um it's yeah it's just it, it, it's a good feel good feeling i'll keep this quick because i know we actually are genuinely running out of time now but it is kind of criminal it's taken me an hour to properly ask you a question about liam liam regan your your co-driver because you mentioned it a couple times but he has been here since pretty much the very start of your rally career so the two of you have really gone on this journey together just how great and how useful has it been to have him in the car with you and i guess just describe his role in this achievement 
yeah, I've I've been lucky to have such few navigators and um you know, I had guys at the start, um, Andrew Bush, another friend, Aidan O'Connor, he was in, Neil Coleman in the in the Junior One Thousand and then Liam in the Junior One Thousand and, and right the whole way through. So yeah, Liam was there to really actually teach me how to drive because you know he we joke that he's uh really a driver but now i think after being a world champion with me <laughs> he's going to be called classified <laughs> as a co-driver but yeah he was originally there to you know to teach me in the the driving side of things with you know the experience that he had and i think he always said to my dad you know okay look we'll get get this year out of the way and then i think you know it's time for me to take a step back and you to get a, a proper co-driver and it just kept it kept going and um it's quite funny that that how it's all panned out but he's been as you say he's been there from the start and the effort that he puts in and you know he's got a life back home as well so it's uh it's been such a busy year for him and uh, I'm lucky to have someone that's willing to put in that amount of effort and um you know is stuck by my side for for so long well you've teed me up for the cheeky question now if if William's a driver do you think you two could have done it the other way around how are your co-driving skills I don't know. I've never put them to test, so I guess um, John Armstrong <laughs> did it there not so long ago, and he did a pretty good job of it. So, um, yeah, it's uh, maybe we'll have to give it a try. <laughs> I guess a couple of final points as well. You've mentioned it as well, but the Motorsport Ireland Rally Academy. I think, obviously, in in UK and Ireland, we're very aware of what is being done. I think across the world now, particularly with this success, is becoming inescapably obvious what what the goal is and what the intention is just how much has being part of that program helped you because it's all the things beyond the driving from what i can tell that really seem to make the difference yeah well you know it's the whole jwrc project started with them um in in 2021 and you know they've been they've been a part of the, that whole wrc journey so you know i i literally wouldn't have done it without them and uh you know it's even on the bad days when there's bad results you know they're still they've still got your back and they you know it's gather up and and let's try again and you know there's been plenty of those days so um and and like you said you know all the support that we get back home before the rallies you know the training um they've just they've put a um you know they've put this academy in place and it's given drivers and co-drivers um the development that they need to be able to compete at that level and you know, it's it's as much about us uh, using the academy to our benefit, and you know the professional guys that are there to to give you training and you know physical training, mental uh, nutrition. It's it's all there. So, you know, I've been lucky that I've been able to tap into that, and they've got a structure in place that's you know um, helped me be junior uh, WRC champion. So, um, yeah, it's you know we've everybody's done it together. And finally, for me, I guess there was something fitting if that's the right word to use in in the way this year panned out we obviously know how difficult a year it has been for ireland particularly with the passing of of craig breen but there's been another couple of sort of local guys as well so for you i guess to bring this result back home for your country after what has been such a difficult year and particularly in the way you did it because i remember you and i were talking about it actually before the acropolis and you said to me you weren't actually aware of just how how much or how close it was for Craig to win the, the title when he won it back in 2011. And it wasn't quite the same for you. It wasn't quite a, a level point scenario, but it was up very nip and tuck to the end. So to me, I don't know, there was something really, 
and nice is definitely not the right word to use but i think you know what i mean like it sort of came together poetically in a way there so it must be quite humbling and, and special and is it a source of pride again it feels like the wrong word to use but you've delivered something positive from what's been a, a very difficult year for everyone yeah there's no doubt about it and you know, i said to you before grace that i was listening to the podcast with craig and, and bex um and i didn't realize how you know i i knew the story but i just didn't realize the detail and the points and what he had to do with, to win the championship so <laughs> that's that's another crazy story so yeah it as you said you know it, it hasn't been an easy year for for rallying back home um you know and for me then to to emulate what what he did you know i'm never gonna fill the gap that that he left and you know his personality was unique to the wrc but to then be compared you know because winning the same championship as him and people making those comparisons and being in you know, having my name alongside his name and, and other names that have won that championship, you know, all these great drivers, it's it's an honour. And, you know, a lot of people that have sent messages and, you know, I've got a lot of joy out of Liam and I winning and that's put a smile on a lot of people's faces. So that, that makes me feel good. Um, so, yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's definitely special and, and makes it that bit more emotional. Yeah, no, indeed. I think... There's nowhere else we can really go with that. It does feel like the, the perfect place to end. Will, really do appreciate your time. And from all of us at Dirtfish, massive congratulations for what you've managed to achieve. Obviously gives you four events, at least, in a Fiesta Rally 2 next year in WRC2, which I imagine you're looking forward to. Yeah, it's it's exciting. Um, great prize. we got to sit down now and see see what we can put together. Um, yeah, it's, it's exciting. Um, and... Yeah, let's see what happens. I guess the only thing left to achieve is to beat me on a rally. If you remember the uh, Neil Howard stage at Oton Park two years ago, and I finished two seconds ahead of you. Well, if I beat you on a rally, that would then cancel out the bet to be an ice cream. How about that? <laughs> That's a deal. Okay, we'll get it arranged somehow. <laughs> well, thanks very much. Really appreciate it. We'll keep in touch. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.